0: Well, on this Mother's Day, 2018, we find ourselves in a series in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. We've made it all the way to chapter 7, and uh, here's how that chapter finishes up. It says this, "'Look,' says the teacher, "'this is what I have discovered, adding one thing to another to discover the scheme of things while I was still searching but not finding.'" I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among them all. <laughs> and uh, so I read that and I immediately had a few thoughts like, how in the world am I going to make this passage feel like a nice, warm, fuzzy Mother's Day sermon? <laughs> Can't find a single good woman in the whole place. Second thought was, was Solomon really such a poor judge of character that? Of his 700 wives and 300 concubines, there was not a single godly gal in that entire group? Seriously? My third thought was, I am so, so glad that I know and get to work alongside lots of upright ladies, mature godly gals who I admire very much, my teammates on staff here. I am privileged to be teamed up with some quality ladies who love the Lord, who do great work, and who can just flat out make things happen. In fact, I'd like to introduce them to you in case you don't know these ladies. These are some top-notch gals. They're my teammates on staff here. So here they are, Elaine and Lisa, wonderful ladies, Tina and Darcy Stelzer, Lori Brown and uh, my assistant, Kathy Phillips. Cindy Schmidt, the queen of fun, and Joanna Briley, Katie Laird, and Jane Brownlee, who wanted to Photoshop Christy Brinkley's picture in for hers, but (laughs) I think she looks pretty good. Mary Ely and Margie Jide, and Terry Kirk and Pat Hayes. There's a hot gal right there on the left. (laughs) Shirley Benninger and Lisa Bentovania. Debbie Brown and Marcia Dean. Mandy Dunn and Jenny Riley. Abby Palmer, who led worship for us this morning, Holly Hoffer, and uh, one a new one, we don't even have her picture yet, she's so new, and that's Catherine Langley, who helps with our resource center out in the lobby. So those are some great ladies. Yeah, some of them are among us here today, and uh, honestly, I feel kind of sorry for King Solomon that he didn't share my experience of knowing tons of awesome high-caliber gals, and uh, I I certainly am privileged to know them. Well, it is Mother's Day, and so I want to narrow our focus a bit, okay, and think for a few minutes about those wonderful ladies who, through much labor, brought us into the world, our moms. I want you to get your mom's picture in your mind there. You know, when, when we read the Word of God, we find that it's God's very clear intention that our mothers be honored by us, right? That they feel honored by us, and not just on one day each year, but every day. And The Lord is so intent on this that He included it in His law, in His holy law. And I'd like you to read with me out loud the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. Read it with me. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you. That's Exodus 20 and verse 12. We know that through the giving of the law, God was making a covenant with his chosen people, right? A covenant in which he required them to live their lives as his unique people, to adopt a distinctive lifestyle that would set them apart from the peoples that surrounded them. And a key part of that way of life was respect for parents, for dads and for moms. And God felt so strongly about this that he included it in his moral code of conduct here, his Ten Commandments. And you noted that it came with a promise that his people, that his parent-honoring people would enjoy a long life if they kept this commandment. I take that to mean that they would live longer lives then they would have lived if they failed to honor their parents. And I I believe this promise still holds true today since I find it in the New Testament. Restated in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6. So I want us to look into the scriptures today to get clear on, on this calling of honoring our mothers and how that ought to look. But before we get into that, I first want to remind us all of the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's where the power to live that way comes from. To live the life that God calls us to requires not just knowing His law, which tells us what to do, right, but also believing the gospel, which transforms our hearts so that we want to do it. It's the gospel that gives us the desire and the power to live the way of God. I just love how clear this is in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, where... The great apostle Paul wrote this For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. I believe that's talking about Jesus' flesh when he was hanging on the cross. Verse 4 In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in who? In us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So here's the gospel truth, okay? In our humanness, in our flesh, you and I have not and really cannot fully keep the law of God. You know that, right? Including honoring our mothers and fathers the way that God calls us to. We need a a a power supply beyond that which we were born with, beyond that which comes natural to us. And, And maybe you hear that and you say, why? Because of this, because it doesn't say, honor your mother if she is honorable. It doesn't say, honor your mother if she meets your expectations. It doesn't say, honor your mother unless she hurt you. It does not say, honor your mother if she was a good mom. It says, honor your mother, period. No exception clause. And let's be honest for some people, that is very, very difficult. None of us has done that perfectly. That's why we all needed what I've heard called a threefold savior. A threefold savior. We needed someone who would come and take the punishment for all of our failures in this area, which we all have. We needed someone who would set an example for us, who would live the way that God calls us to do in this area, and we needed someone who would change our hearts and empower us to live that way. We all needed a Savior to take our sin, be our example, and change our hearts, and the gospel tells us that in Jesus we have that kind of a Savior. Jesus really was the only person in all of history qualified to do those three things, And he accomplished them, as you know, by coming to earth and by living the life that we could not live, and then by dying on a cross, bearing our sins, our shortcomings, our flaws, our faults on on himself, hanging there, shedding his blood as our substitute, taking the punishment we deserve. And then, of course, he blew open his grave, right? Right? And came out and ascended back into heaven and then sent his Holy Spirit to come and indwell us, to to live inside his people. And now, as you and I yield the controls of our life to that spirit that lives in us, we will find the power to follow in Jesus' steps. And to live the life that he calls us to, including honoring our moms the way that Jesus did. And so with that as a backdrop, I want us to look more specifically at how the Lord directs us to live out his call to honor our mom. So again, get her face in your mind. I believe this is how Jesus himself honored his mom, okay? So from the book, from the Bible, eight ways to honor your mother. Number one, honor your mom by recognizing all of her hard work. And all the moms in chorus said, Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> One meaning of the word honor is this, to, to see the effort that somebody else is putting forth and to acknowledge it. We honor someone, right? When we uh, see their labor and then we say something or we do something that says to them that their effort is noticed and it's uh, appreciated. Mothering, I'm told, is often a thankless job. So much of what moms do goes unappreciated and underappreciated. Imagine if somebody was keeping track and was tallying up all the loads of laundry that you've washed and folded and put away and all the sink loads of dishes that you've washed and all the homework papers that you've poured over. For each of your children and all the meals you've cooked up and prepared and served and all the stinky diapers that you've changed and all the trips you've made to taxi your children around to different events around the city. What if someone actually counted up all of that and gave you those numbers today? You probably collapse from exhaustion, right? You probably say, no wonder I'm so worn out and tired. I've done a lot. Maybe you'd want to take those numbers and wave them in front of your children and say, see, I do love you, I really do, here's proof. I saw a calculation somebody made of what a mom could rightfully expect to earn if she did her same work every day but did it for a company that paid her and uh, it came up to $84,000 a year. That's a pretty good salary, right? (laughs) And yet motherhood is not a role that receives remuneration of that sort, and moms don't do it for money anyway. They do it for love. So let me ask you on this Mother's Day, have you ever thanked your mom for all the effort she expended through the years to help you out in life? Have you ever done that? Have you let her know how much you appreciate all the hard work she's done for the family? I know when I first said that to my own mother, I was 19 years old, and I realized that it needed be to be preceded by a, an apology because it had dawned on me that I had taken it all for granted. And I wrote my mom a note one day. And uh, I said, Mom, I am so sorry for being so ungrateful all those years I lived at home. I just came to expect everything that you did for me. And so I'm asking you, can you please find it in your heart to forgive me for being such a self-focused jerk. Will you forgive me like Jesus has? And I really do appreciate all you did for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I believe that the spirit of Jesus in you would move you to sincerely express to your mom how much you appreciate all that she's done for you. And I can tell you she did more than you know. She did a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So that's important. Honor our moms by letting them know how much we appreciate their hard work for us. Here's a second way. Honor your mother by respecting her for her position, for her position. Now, this one also comes from the definition of the word honor. A second meaning of that word is to give someone respect or to hold them in high regard. And I praise God that my mom lived her life in a a respectable way. I know that's not the case for all of you, and some of you struggle even today with negative feelings towards your mother because she wasn't the person you needed her to be. She didn't do the things that a good mom would do, and so mom's day is always hard for you. You're you're conflicted on the inside because you know in your heart that God calls you to honor your mother, but in your mind you're thinking she just wasn't very honorable. Well, here's what I believe the Lord would want you to see today. His call for you to honor your mother is not based on her performance as a mom, how well she did at it, but rather it's based on her position as your parent. Do you see the difference? One of those is conditional. I'll respect you if you are respectable. I'll honor you if you are honorable, if you earned it. But the other one is unconditional. I'll give you respect because you're my mom. That's the position God has given you in my life, regardless of how well or how poorly I think you performed in that role. And the reason this is so important is this giving your mother unconditional respect also gives her a picture of the gospel. Think about what the Bible says while we were yet awesome, Christ died for us. Is that what it says? While we were so adorable and so lovable, Jesus laid down his life. Is that what it says? It says, while we were sinners, Christ expressed his love that way and died for us. And when we love people like that, Even though they didn't meet up to our expectations, even though they may have failed us or sinned against us, then we are loving like Christ loves us. That's why we need the Spirit's power in us to love in that way. It doesn't come naturally. But when somebody fails to honor their mom because they don't feel she's worthy of it, didn't earn it, what they're actually doing is making their respect conditional. And that's not gospel fruit, is it? That's not treating her like God treats us in Christ. We're called to extend to others the same grace that we've been shown. Listen, she's your mom. The only one you have. And she wasn't perfect, but neither are you. There's only been one perfect, right? And he honored his mom for her position not for her performance. And when we yield control to His Spirit, we're going to find ourselves doing the same thing. And I know that for some of you, this is going to be hard. It's going to require you to to forgive your mother for her failings, to forgive her for what she didn't do or what she did. But I believe the same God who forgave you will enable you to forgive her so that you can truly love and respect her. This is what your Lord has called you to do. It's what He's called me to do. So that's a second reason. A third one, number three, we honor our moms by remembering her efforts at helping us to know God. I love this uh, passage in the book of 2 Timothy where the great apostle Paul is writing to the young pastor, Timothy, in chapter 3. and He says this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. He's going to tell us who that was in a moment. And how from infancy, from being a baby, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. During my life, I've been blessed to be able to observe two mothers, up close and personal. I've lived with both of them, my own mother and the mother of our children. In both cases, what I've observed in them is is their deep desire to help their children grow up to know God. I've told you this before. One of the memories I have of growing up is, you know how, you know, when you're a kid, you're living at home, you get up in the middle of the night to go use the restroom, right? and I'd get up at 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning and kind of stumble down the, down, out of my room and down the hallway. And there in the living room, there would be a lamp on, and many times I would see my mom sitting there, Afghan on her knees, eyes closed, Bible open on her lap, lips moving, praying. It's 2 in the morning, you know, it's 3 in the morning. Later on, I found out that a lot of those prayers were for me because I needed them probably more than my sisters needed those prayers. I'm grateful for that. I also remember in my early teens, my mom explained to me that I needed to have a daily quiet time alone with God like she did. She even bought me a little journal to use for that. I'm thankful for that. I told her that. My parents made sure to have us kids in church and in a wanna club and in a youth group, places where Jesus was worshiped and the Bible was taught and we were given exposure to other Christian people. I'm eternally grateful for all the efforts my parents made to help me and my sisters know the Lord. And I've told my parents that. In our own home, there've been countless times when I've heard the mother of my children calling out to God on behalf of our kids, praying for them, asking God to protect them, asking God to direct their lives, praying God's promises back to him. I'm counting on it, God. I'm banking on you being faithful to your promises here. Well, Paul told Timothy to remember his mother and to remember his grandmother, these godly women who had taught him the word of God and passed their faith down to him. Would to God that all moms would point their children to Jesus and to his holy word like those two ladies did. Not all moms do that, I know. Maybe you're thinking, my mom, you know, there wasn't much spiritually there at all. But my encouragement would be to recall any little thing, any little thing your mom did to try and help you know God. If she ever brought you to church, even once, if she ever said a prayer for you, if she ever talked to you about God, if she ever tried to guide you in God's way, I urge you, let your mother know you're grateful for every effort that she made. And that will honor her. Here's one I know will resonate with moms. Number four, honor your mom by taking her instructions to heart. And Mom said, amen. This is found all throughout the book of Proverbs like here in chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. You know, I've learned in my life that there was a reason why my mom wanted me to put a jacket on and bundle up before going outside when it was cold. There's a reason why moms are concerned about the kinds of friends We have the people we hang out with. There's a reason why your mom says, you know what, that top is too tight on you or it's cut too low. That's for girls, by the way. (laughs) There's a reason why moms didn't want us to go see that movie or go to that party or hang out with that group of friends. If you're a student here, you, you might be thinking, my mom, though, I mean, she goes overboard. She is so overprotective. And maybe that's true. Maybe she she hasn't gone about it the right way. Yeah, she probably doesn't completely get what it's like for you to live in your world, but God gave us moms for a reason. You should thank God that you have a mom who cares. And she has something, students, that you don't have yet, and it's called experience. And you would be wise to listen to her to take her instructions to heart. And when you do that, you honor her. You honor that woman. And moms, you know that you can certainly do your part to teach your kids the ways of God, but you probably also know if your kids are growing a bit that you can't do it for them. You can't live it for them. They got to learn to make decisions for themselves. Some kids just have to find out for themselves. You can talk to them all day long. I love this piece called Reflections of a Mother that speaks to this so well. Reflections of a Mom. I gave you life, but I cannot live it for you. I can teach you things, but I can't make you learn. I can give you directions, but I can't always be there to lead you. I can allow you freedom, but I can't account for it. I can take you to church, but I cannot make you believe. I can teach you right from wrong, but I can't decide that for you. I can buy you beautiful clothes, but I cannot make you beautiful on the inside. I can offer you advice, but I can't accept it for you. I can give you love, but I can't force it upon you. I can teach you to share, but I cannot make you unselfish. I can teach you respect, but I can't force you to show honor. I can advise you about your friends, but I can't choose them for you. I can counsel you about sex, but I cannot keep you pure. I can tell you the facts of life, but I can't build your reputation. I can tell you about drinking, but I can't say no for you. I can warn you about drugs, but I can't prevent you from using them. I can tell you about lofty goals, but I can't achieve them for you. I can warn you about sins, but I cannot cannot establish your morals. I can love you as a child, but I cannot place you in God's family. I can pray for you, but I can't make you walk with God. I can teach you about Jesus, but I can't make him your Lord. I can tell you how to live, but I cannot give you eternal life. And so there needs to come a point in a mom's heart, and in a mom's life, where she says, you know, I've done all I can in your strength, to the best of my ability, I, I turn it over to you. If, if my children are going to come home, you've got to bring them home, God. I've done what I can, and now my hope, my trust is in God. Well, number five here, the fifth way we honor our, our mothers is by affirming her wise and godly qualities. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm supposed to be preaching Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 29, and you've noted that I haven't been doing that. I've diverted from that. But I'm going to bring it up under this point right here because it talks, that passage talks a lot about wisdom and how being wise is the best way to live. And uh, you know, I'm going to do like a flyover of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 because it reveals so many qualities that are seen in people who are wise. And of course, that would be a description of moms who are wise as well. So let's talk about some of these traits of motherly wisdom for us to see and appreciate and also be challenged by ourselves. First, a wise person, a wise mom, learns from the sobering realities of life and death. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2 says, It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Better to go to a funeral than a party. For death is the destiny of every man and the living should take this to heart. And I ask you, did your mom ever try to impress upon you what life is really all about? Did she ever try to teach you what's really going to matter most to you at the end of your life? What's going to be important to you then? If she ever made any attempts at that, why not thank her for that? Because that's a mark of wisdom. It's the mark of a wise mother. She was trying to impart that to you. Second, a wise person knows the value of correction and is able to receive correction. Verse 5, it's better to heed a wise man's rebuke than to listen to the song of fools. And I wonder, did you ever see your mom learn from her mistakes? Did you ever observe that in your mother, that, that she learned some important lessons from her failings and her shortcomings? Did you ever see that? Did she ever try to help you become a teachable person? And learn from others. I know my mom had a statement she made to me often. She said, Steve, you can learn something from every single person you meet in life. And she was right. She's trying to help me be teachable. And I appreciate that. I've told her that. Third, a wise person understands the corrupting power of wealth, of money. Verse 7. Extortion turns a wise man into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Did your mom ever try to teach you anything about money? Saving it, giving it, spending it? Did she try to help you learn how to handle money well? Was she a person who understood the power that money has to captivate the human heart? Did she ever give you any warnings about the deceptiveness of wealth and of riches? If she did, you, you, you have that to be grateful for. If you never have, I, I hope you'll consider honoring your mom for her wisdom in that area. Next, this is a good one. Wise people put up with a lot before exploding, before becoming angry. Was your mom that way? Verse 9, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. And I wonder, have you ever seen your mom, did you ever see her restrain herself from blowing a gasket when you knew that she wanted to? Did you ever see any evidence of self-restraint or self-control in her? Did she encourage you to have self-control? Did she say, you know, when you get angry, don't lash out on people. You might say things that you'll regret later. You know, that's wisdom. That's God's wisdom, and you're you're blessed to have a mom who's trying to impart that to you. This next one's funny. A wise person refuses to live in the past. Verse 10, do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. (laughs) We can all get a little nostalgic from time to time, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But this is talking about someone who's constantly pining away for the good old days. Ah, man, if it could just be like it was back in 1957, (laughs) wouldn't life be so much better? Always living in the past, refusing to deal with the challenges of the present. Was your mom like that, or was she a realist who did live in the present and learned how to adapt to a world that's changing rapidly and circumstances that are on the move? If she was that kind of a person, you're blessed, and I hope you'll acknowledge that about her. That's God's wisdom. A wise person appreciates the value of acquiring wisdom. Verse 12, wisdom is a shelter, as money is a shelter, but the advantage of knowledge is this, wisdom preserves the life of its possessor. Think about your mom. Does she value or did she value the wisdom of God? Did she ever try to impress upon you the value of learning the Word of God which contains the wisdom of God? Did she ever push you to the Bible? Has she ever urged you to make good choices? Did your mom ever say, now make good choices? Did she ever do that? Make good choices out there. You'll be glad you did. That's that's okay. That's wisdom. We need to make good choices, right? Did she ever... Talk to you about your friends. I'm talking about, you know, in your middle school years. Did she ever talk to you like, "Uh, you know, I'm a little worried about these people that you're wanting to hang out with, the influence that might come into your life from people who are not anchored to anything beyond themselves. Well, there's wisdom in that, trying to speak wisdom into our lives. Another mark of wisdom is accepting the sovereign ways of God. Wise people learn this. Verse 13, consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? Did your mom trust God? Did she ever give evidence that she trusts the heart of God and the ways of God? Did you ever see that? I I know she didn't do it every single day of her life, but did you at least see little glimpses of it every now and then, that she, she trusted the Lord That's really all you need to have something to honor her for. Did she avoid extremes? That's the next mark of wisdom, avoiding extremes. The last part of verse 18 of Ecclesiastes 7, the man who fears God will avoid all extremes. How did your mom do with that? How do you do with that? Did your mom try to live a balanced life and avoid going hog wild on things? You think about it, you say, well, yeah, she did hoard a lot of stuff, (laughs) and her closet's like a disaster. But other than that, yes. (laughs) Did you see in her some moderation where there could have been an excess or an extreme? If so, acknowledge that. Wise people, next, can overlook an insult. Verse 21, do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. Are you a person who takes everything personally all the time? Are you are you hypersensitive? Are you easily offended? Man, we live in a culture where people are easily offended. I mean, you can't hardly say anything, right? <laughs> Without fear of offending somebody, thin-skinned people, but... Scripture tells us that wise people can let it go, can overlook an insult. Was your mom that way? Did she have any of that? Was she able to let comments just kind of roll off her back and let it go and say, whatever, you know? That's a great quality. That's wisdom. To not get all offended all the time. And then lastly, from this chapter... uh, A wise, godly mother avoids using her feminine charms to manipulate men. And this is where we see Solomon's personal experience starting to seep in here. Verse 26, I find more bitter than death the woman who is a snare, whose heart is a trap, whose hands are chains. The man who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner she will ensnare. Was your mom a beautiful person on the inside? Did she possess or does she possess some redeeming qualities of godliness and goodness? Did she turn away from conniving, manipulative ways? This is where Solomon basically said, he, you know, as I read earlier, he couldn't find any women with such purity of heart. The only gals he knew just used their charm to seduce him, get at his money, get at his fame, But if your mom was a true blue woman of integrity and character that showed in how she related to guys, to men, then you should give thanks for that. And again, you should give thanks to her for that. So, from Ecclesiastes 7, we can be challenged to honor our mothers by pointing out and appreciating those wise qualities that made her the woman that she is. Really, these are evidences of God's grace in her life, right? All right, just a few more before we're done here. Number six, another way to honor a mom. You honor your mom by living in such a way as to bring her joy and not grief. Again, Proverbs, a wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son, grief to his mother. How many times have I been talking with a young guy and and he's living in such a way that's, you know... Hurting, hurting a lot of people, hurting himself, but I think about his mom and I want to just punch him. <laughs> you know, you're killing your mom. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to live a godly life, but one of them is to think about that woman who brought you into this world. There's a lot of things I didn't get into as a teenager because I didn't want to hurt my mom. You say, well, is that the greatest, highest motivation for living a, a good life? I don't, I don't know that it is. I don't know that it's a horrible motivation. I think it's a good one according to the scripture. I mean, certainly as God's children, we're, we're called first and foremost to live in order to, to please God. But living in such a way to please your dad or please your mom, as long as it's not unhealthy, that's not a motivation that's bad according to the scriptures. And it's certainly a way to honor them for, for all the years they poured into us and invested in us. Why would we want to give our mom grief? Number seven, this, is, uh, this one really is from the life of Jesus. Honor your mom by caring for her in her later years. This is a really interesting scene. This is when Christ was hanging on the cross, and John records this. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, and his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, there's a lot of Marys in the New Testament, okay? At least five, so we've got to keep it straight here. We're talking about Mother Mary. Verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, who was that? John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, remember he's hanging on a cross, dear woman, here is your son. He's pointing to John and to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her, Mary, into his home. What a tender moment that was got this scene pictured in your mind, right? In Jesus' moment of greatest pain and greatest suffering. And it was all unjust and unfair, right? He was being mistreated. And where does his mind go? To his mom. I want to make sure my mom is cared for when I'm gone. Most scholars agree Joseph was probably already gone by this time, already had died. And so Jesus making arrangements while hanging on the cross for Mary to be cared for. How selfless is that? And you can't read that without seeing it's just a Christ-like thing to make provision for our own moms, to be cared for as they approach those years where they need that. And really, isn't that the ultimate way to honor that dear woman who, through much toil and labor, brought us into the world? I think so, and I think Christ thinks so. And many of my friends who are my age now, we're in this season of needing to make provision for our parents as they are... Sometimes uh, you know they are aging and sometimes ailing, and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's resisted, and yet it's the right thing to do, to follow in the footsteps of our Lord. I think somebody needs to hear this point today. It's true. We honor our parents by caring for them in their later years, just like Jesus did. And finally, this. The word honor also has this meaning to place high value on, to treasure, to cherish, to count something as precious. And so, number eight, we honor our moms by communicating to her often that we cherish her. Often. Now, this is Mother's Day, and you know, it's one thing to get your mom a card on Mother's Day, nothing wrong with that, or take her out to the buffet. Or give her a call later on this afternoon or a FaceTime or a Skype if she's in another place or order her some flowers. Those are all very appropriate gestures, right? And they'll likely be meaningful to her. But really, wouldn't you agree that the more important thing is to establish an ongoing habit of cherishing your mom? Not just on Mother's Day. If you live at home, if you're a person who lives at home, you this could take the form of thank yous, just day in and day out, thank yous. That still speaks volumes to moms. So do hugs, little notes, thoughtful gifts, taking the time every now and then to look at your mom and say, hey, how are you doing, mom? You're caring for everybody else all the time. I want to know how how are you doing? How are you holding up? What's going on in your life? The moms I know tell me that they are very appreciative when the people they love take the time to do things like that. It speaks to them. It's an honoring thing to do. So my challenge for you all today and for myself is by the grace of God and through the power of His Spirit who lives in us to let God's love flow out from you onto your moms. Let it spill out onto her. If your mom has passed on, take some time this day to remember her, to think about the qualities that made her who she was, to thank God for giving her to you and ask God for His grace to forgive her for her shortcomings, just as you've been forgiven. If your mom's living, find things that are praiseworthy in her to appreciate. Let her know how much you thank God for her, how much she means to you. And I know, as I mentioned, that for some of you, Mother's Day is really hard I'm talking about mom, I'm here talking about moms, and you've been struggling. You struggle just to even be here today. There's, there's a dozen reasons why that could be the case for you today. But, but here's the deal. On this Mother's Day, you got up, you came to church, you're here, and I think that the Lord, who is also here, would like to lift some of your burden today if you're struggling. And so if that's you just emotionally struggling today... I would encourage you to consider coming up to a prayer partner in a few minutes and letting them know that. Just come up and say, Mother's Day's hard for me. I'm struggling emotionally. And let that prayer partner pray over you and see if Jesus might not, even through that, lift that burden some. Maybe give you some new lenses, new perspective to see things as well. And so they'll be up here in a few moments, our prayer partner's available to do that life. Well, I want to do this right now. I want to ask all the moms to stand again, and we want to have a special time of prayer for all the moms in the room right now, and I want no mom left behind, okay? Every mom to have at least one hand on her shoulder of someone praying over her. So those of you who are not standing, look around, find the mom that's nearest you, walk over to her, put your hand on her shoulder, and pray for her. Would you do that? Pray for God's peace, God's grace, God's strength, God's enablement to forgive whatever the Spirit directs you to pray for that precious lady right now. Every mom being prayed for, don't let someone miss out on this, okay? Let's take the next minute or so and just lift these precious ladies up to Jesus. Father in heaven, I thank you for every precious mother in this room today. If they came in hurting or downcast or internally conflicted about something, Lord, or hopeless, I pray that in these moments your spirit would breathe fresh life into them, fresh hope because of the good news, because Jesus, you died and rose again to give your people life and hope hope for a future and in in many cases that's a different future than what we would have had and Lord I pray that you would speak that into the lives of these precious women today Lord lift their burdens encourage them to stay at it for another day another week another month another year or to keep on keeping on with you and for you Lord let them see fruit of their prayers Lord, we know there are some moms who are um, weeping over grown children who've wandered away from you, God. And we pray that you'd bring them back home, Lord. Listen to the prayers of these ladies. Lord, encourage your your gals this morning. Let them know that they're yours. They belong to you. You love them. They're precious. You're going to take them to be with you in heaven one day. encourage them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.